Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. 1 Samuel chapter 3, talking about hearing God's voice. We're concluding a series on that today, and I want to share a passage with you. But let's look at it. 1 Samuel chapter 3, pick it up at verse 1. The boy Samuel was serving the Lord under Eli. And I think this is interesting, this next line right here. It says, in those days, a prophecy from the Lord was rare. Visions were infrequent. I think that's just an interesting line that we're not really going to dig into. We're not going to take time. But one translation says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. But anyway, verse 2, one night Eli was lying down in his room. His eyesight had began to fail, so he couldn't see very well. The lamp in God's temple hadn't yet gone out. And Samuel was asleep in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was kept. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel is the young boy. Here I am, Samuel replied. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So listen, the word of the Lord is rare. He did not know that it was God who was calling him. I think sometimes we just kind of read over that first part of that that says the word of the Lord is rare. So he didn't understand that it was God who was speaking. Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back and lay down. The Lord called Samuel again. Samuel got up, went to Eli again, said, here I am. You called me. I didn't call you, son. Go back to bed. Listen, verse 7. Samuel had no experience with the Lord because the Lord's word had not yet been revealed to him. Verse 8 says, then the Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me again. You, you keep saying my name. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And he said, go, go lie down. And when he calls, you say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his room. In verse 10, then the Lord came and stood there and he called and said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord. I'm listening. I want to welcome everyone, and I hope this series has spoke to your heart. Um, I know just studying it myself has brought me fresh insight. And today we're concluding this service, and I told you in the beginning of this series that I really want to do a message where I help parents um, teach their kids how to hear God's voice. And that's what this message is, but if you don't have kids in this room, if your kids are grown, don't think, well, I should have stayed home. This mess. No, what I'm going to speak can apply to every single person in this room today. I'm going to give you some practical ways to hear God's voice. But I really want this to be practical and applicable for parents with kids. Um, I hope this speaks to you and helps you. And you say, well, why did you read 1 Samuel chapter 3? Well, what I want you to see is through this passage of Scripture, when maybe God stops speaking to other people, he's still speaking to kids. Maybe as a parent, you're not hearing God's voice, but he's still wanting to talk to your kids. In, in, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 14 and 15, it says, One day, children were brought to Jesus in the hope that he would lay hands on them and pray over them. But listen to what it says. The disciples, the church crowd, they shooed them off, but Jesus intervened. Listen, you want to know why? And this was not my idea. I would have been like the disciples. But tonight, we have our uh, another Heaven Come service. If you don't come, you're missing it. I promise you, God has been moving tonight. We're praying for healing and victory. If you need a healing or a victory in your body, I want to encourage you to be here tonight. But when we first put these together, I was like, hey, let's have the kids back in their room. And our kids team was like, hey, 
Why don't we actually allow them to come into the room and worship with us? And man, it's been a great experience as we've been teaching our kids. I would have been like the disciples. Hey, they're going to get in the way. Let's have them go in another room. But our staff was like, hey, let's have them in here with us. And so they come in. Man, it's been great worshiping with them. But listen to what Jesus says. Let the children alone. Don't prevent them from coming to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like these. Here's what I want you to hear today. Not only does God speak to us as kids, as adults, but God wants to speak to us as kids. But not only does God want to speak to us, God wants to use kids. I believe God wants to use your children. We see that David was crowned king, but before that he was anointed king. He was anointed as the next king of Israel when he was 10 to 15 years of age. 16 to 17 generations later, we see a king by the name of Josiah, who is in the lineage of David, who is crowned king at eight years of age. God speaks to kids, but God uses kids no matter what the age. So as parents and as leaders, we have to make sure that our kids know who they need to listen to. Say that for you as an adult. As an adult, we need to know, number one, who to listen to. And then we need to know how to listen. I believe the most important job that Tosh and I have as parents is to teach our kids who God is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is. I believe that's a very important job. And we have to teach them to not only love him, but to listen to him and to Obey him. Here's, here's my opinion. You can take this. This is my opinion. This is not, this, I'm not saying this is what the Bible says. But I believe if Tasha and I don't teach our kids to love God, to know who he is, to listen to him, and to obey him, I believe Tasha and I have failed as parents. I believe we failed. Listen, I don't care if my kids become a world-famous architect. Now, if they do become that and make a lot of money, don't forget dad. But anyway, just, you know, I don't care if my kids become a doctor. I don't. I don't care if my kids become a pastor. Some days I would say, Lord, please don't make them do that. I don't care if my kids become a teacher. I don't care what my kids do as long as they love Jesus. As long as they have a relationship with Jesus. So my prayer today, every single day for my kids is this. God, let them know you today and let them be known by you. And what I want to do in this room today is I want to help every single person in this room um, but every kid, and if you notice, we didn't dismiss 6th through 8th today because I want them to be in the room in here today. And we also, I said, I want 5th graders in the room as well today, so we have maybe a few of them in the room. Because I want them to hear this message. But this is for every single one of us. What I want to do today is I want to give you five practical ways to teach our kids to hear God's voice. And in just a moment, I'm going to bring a few friends up to help me with this. Um, but I want to talk to you for just a moment. Before we dive in, let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we come before you and we ask you to be in this room. We know that you have something to say, something to speak. God, I pray that today we walk out of this room as men, as women, as kids, as adults, with the word that we can apply to our lives that's practical to every single day. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let me start off by telling you this. I, wanna, I want to... Get this right out of the way because I know you guys think this of me, but Tasha and I are not perfect parents. I know, shocker, but we are not perfect parents. Um, our kids don't always listen to us. Our kids sometimes make poor choices. Sometimes they disobey. 
But there's other times when they do a really good job and they exceed expectations. Sometimes I'm like, is that really my child? How did they learn to do so well? But we have our kids. We have four of them. Um, but sometimes they do. They make really good choices. And we're just like, thank you, Jesus. But the biggest thing that I can say that is a success for Tasha and I is our kids, all four of them, even, even our five-year-old. What's up, buddy? They love Jesus. Our kids love Jesus. That's a big win for me. And I think most days my kids love me and they love their mom. There's days when they, you get that look and I think, I don't think they love me today. They love their siblings. So why do I say all that? Well, I want to say this to you. When I share these five things that I think you can do to help your kids hear God's voice, I don't want you to think, well, Pastor Chad has this nailed and they're perfect. No, we're still working on these. But these are five areas that we're working on as a family so that Tasha and I hear God better, but also so that our kids do. But number one, this is the most important thing I think you can do as a parent. If you want your kids to be able to hear God's voice, you've got to lead them to Jesus. John 3, 5 through 7 says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God, listen to this, without being born of the water and born of the spirit. What's that mean? You can't do this without being born again. What's that mean? You can't come to Jesus without accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Humans can only reproduce life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life, so don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Listen to me. As parents, your number one most important job is to introduce your kids to Jesus. You must lead your kids to Jesus. But listen to me. It has to go beyond just saying, hey, this is Jesus. We want them to say yes to Jesus. At whatever age that might be, we want our children to have a relationship with Jesus. I believe the number one key to hearing God's voice as an adult or as a child is a relationship with Jesus. If I'm not in relationship with him, how am I going to understand his voice? Are you there? If, I'm not, if I haven't said yes to Jesus, if he's not Lord and Savior of my life, how am I going to recognize his voice? John 10, 27, my sheep recognize my voice. Now, let me just kind of like, some of you are like, oh man, let me take some pressure off you. You can't force this. No man comes to the Father, Scripture tells us, unless the Spirit draws him. All we can do as parents is put them in the right environment. To say yes to Jesus. I can't force, I've never, I haven't taken any one of my kids and said, look at me boy, look at me girl, you're going to say yes to Jesus today. I haven't done that. There's been days I wanted to introduce them to Jesus a lot quicker than other days. But I can't force them to say yes to Jesus. All I can do as a parent is put them in the right environment. Or, let me say it this way, point them in the right direction. And that leads me to my second thought for you today on how to get our kids, teaching our kids how to hear God's voice. Number two, we have to model it. Model it. Mom and dad, let me say this right here from the beginning. Parents hear this. Grandparents hear this. You are the most important person in your child's spiritual journey. Do you hear me? Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa. You say, well, I'm, I'm an aunt and I'm raising my child, I'm raising my niece or whatever it might be. Listen to me. If you are raising a child, 
whether you're their parent, adopted parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, or family member, you are the most important person in that child's spiritual journey. Here's, let me say it this way. You can't teach what you don't know. Talking about modeling it. You can't lead where you haven't been. You can't give what you don't have. So as a parent, I'm challenging you today for everything I'm saying, you have to lead the way. You have to model it. For example, if you want your kids to eat healthy, you should probably eat healthy. I can't tell, I can't require my kids to eat healthy like their mother wants to sometimes eat healthy and I'm like, I'm not eating that stuff. Well, if she's eating that and wants our kids to eat it, I can't look at everybody and say, kids, you have to eat it while I'm eating a Big Mac and fries. Is it good for you? <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't. I have to lead by example. I have to model it. I have to point it in, in the right direction. If you want your children to be a, a reader, you should probably read. You can't say, hey, you need to read, but you never pick up a book. If you want your children to respect other people, you, as a parent, need to respect other people. You can't tell your kids, respect people while you're talking poorly of them. If you want your kids to know who Jesus is, you have to model it. You have to lead the way. You have to have a relationship with Jesus. If you want your kids to listen to and obey God's voice as a parent, you need to listen and obey. You can't tell your kids, hey, and I know dads who have done this. I know parents who have done this. Hey, you need to go to church you need, while they stay at home. No, if you want your kids to have something, you have to model it. You have to lead the way. Proverbs 22.6 says this, point your kids in the right direction and when they're old, they won't be lost. Let's look at this verse from another translation. And, I, and I'm, there's a chance that I'm going to debunk something today um, that maybe some of us have used this verse for. Let's look at another translation of this verse. It says, train your child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. How many of you have ever heard that translation? Yes, I'm using this verse when specifically talking about modeling. Specifically, I'm using verse 22.6 from the message translations when it says to point the direction. I strongly believe this. I believe it's my role as a parent to point my kids in the right direction, to model it. If I want anybody to follow me, not, not even to be in a kid, if I want my church staff to follow me, if you're a boss, if you're an employee, if you lead people, you need to point the direction. You can't tell people, hey, work hard, but yet you have no work ethic. You have to point them in the right direction. But I sometimes struggle with this verse. Because I've heard people say this. Hey, if you train your children in the way they, get, in the way they should go, when they're older, they won't depart from it. Then, I've seen people that have raised their kids in the ways of the Lord, and those kids have left the faith. So does this verse mean that those parents failed? 
I mean, if they did everything right as a parent, I mean, we're going to make mistakes, but if we do everything right as a parent and we lead them to church and we teach them how to pray and we teach them to read the Bible and we teach them to worship and respect people, and then when they get older and they walk away from the faith, did we as a parent fail? Did I not read the Bible enough to my kids? Did I not have enough faith? Well, then when we start thinking this way, we're putting ourselves in the position of God and saying that our works can make people follow Jesus. So this verse, I wrestle with this verse. I've thought a lot about this verse. I don't think that that's what this verse is saying because here's the deal. God has given every single one of us, your children, my children, me, you, God has given us a free will. So as parents... All I can do is point my kids in the right direction. All I can do is model it for them. All I can do is lead them and do my best. But sometimes, even if I model it perfectly, even if I, do, even, even if I never fail in front of my kids, sometimes my kids are still going to make poor choices, and some of them might walk away from God. Is that my failure? All we can do is point them in the right direction. One scholar says this about Proverbs 22.6. Listen to what he says. He says he believes this verse actually means the exact opposite of how we've read it. He said it's not a guarantee for parents, but rather this verse is a warning. Dr. Douglas Stewart says this. The problem with this verse is the addition of the word should. It's not in the language. He said the word should Train your child in the way they should go is not in the, in the original language. He says this verse is more of a warning to parents about allowing children to go their own way. Dave Miller from the Southern Baptist Conference says this. This is not a promise to parents who raise their children properly, but rather, listen to what he says. This is a warning to those who allow their children to grow up without godly discipline and direction allowing them, in essence, to go in their own way. Here's what he says. Children left to go their own way are not likely to change. They'll become adults who go their own way, which is oftentimes the wrong way. Either way you view this verse, my challenge is still the same. I firmly believe that as a parent, I have to model it. I have to point my kids in the direction they will go. But listen, I can't... I can't Guarantee the outcome. So the question then becomes, as parents, and here's where I want to give you some practical thoughts today. What should I point my kids toward? Parents, I want you to write this down. Number one, the first thing you point your kids toward is Jesus. Always Jesus first. As a parent, if you want your kids to hear God's voice, point your children toward Jesus. Let me give you just another few of my favorites I think you need to point the direction concerning your kids' friends. Who are your kids' friends with? Do you even know? Who are they doing life with? Who's shaping your children outside of your house? Who's doing that? If you don't know, listen, your kids are going to make some crazy decisions if you don't know who's influencing them. Here's another one. Teach your children the value of attending church. Teach your kids. Here's another one. Teach your kids the value of hard work. I don't think a lot of kids today understand how to work hard. Teach what, talk to your kids about what they're watching, what they're listening to, what's coming in. 
will oftentimes come out. Where in today's world, who are our kids following on social media? And I'm not going to get into the list of things that we probably shouldn't be allowing our kids to do on social media. But just pay attention. Pay attention. And you say, Pastor Chad, I thought we are talking about hearing God's voice. Listen, all of these things influence what we hear. If I'm watching, listening to, following the wrong people on social media, if I've got the wrong friends in my life, guess what? They're influencing me. They're voices that are impacting my life, and it causes me to struggle to hear God's voice. Listen, another key is correct your children when they're wrong. When your kids make a mistake, correct them. You're not their best friend. You say, how does this have anything to do with hearing God's voice? Listen, if you don't correct them when they are wrong and point them in the right direction, here's what's happening. You're allowing your children to say, okay, this is what I deem as right. Okay, this is what I deem as wrong. And there's no consequences for my wrong choices. Then our kids get on the wrong path and they're wondering, why can't I hear God's voice? Well, I think it started when they were a 10-year-old child when you didn't correct them or train them in the ways they should go. Are we hearing this? As parents, we need to model it. Will this guarantee that they live a perfect life? No. But I, I really do promise, I believe this will help. And so for these next three thoughts, I have some friends that are going to join me on the stage. And uh, um, could you guys, could Dolph, Nikki, and Mariah join me on the stage, take one of these seats? And then I'm going to, we're going to do it a little bit different today. This isn't necessarily a panel, um, but these are friends of mine who... Uh, or my daughter, um, who I believe have either raised kids in a great way or a great child themselves. And so, where did she go? This, she went this way. Mariah, you'll be first. I'll come get you in just a moment. But I'm going to give you three more thoughts about ways we can hear God's voice, teach our kids to hear God's voice. And I'm going to ask each of them a question um, kind of pertaining to those three points. The first one is this, and I'll be interviewing Mariah on this one in just a moment. But number three, talking about teaching our kids to hear God's voice, we've got to teach our kids the value of God's word. You say, you talked a lot about this in this series. I believe this is the number one way to hear God's voice, to be in God's word. How can a young man keep his ways pure by hiding God's word in his heart? Tasha, since our kids were little, has this has been something she's done. She has read the Bible to our children since they were little. Uh, now, Maddox, our 11-year-old, and Malik, our 5-year-old, they want her to read the Bible to her, them at night. Malik, his thing is he wants us, he loves the version, the Bible app for kids. And we love doing stories through that. When Maddox, our 11-year-old, was struggling with fear, tremendous fear, um, every night, like, fear gripping him and terrifying him and him crying, we would begin to read the Bible to him, and that fear would subside as we read the Bible. And many nights he would say, can I just sleep with my Bible? And he would go to bed, and he would hold. He didn't have a teddy bear. He would hold his Bible. From the beginning of our kid's life, we've tried. One of the things I think, we've not done everything right, but I think one of the things we've done right as parents is we've taught our kids the value of God's word. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says this. Never forget these commands that I'm giving you today. Verse 7, teach them to your children. What's it saying? Teach the word of God to your kids. Repeat them when you're at home. Repeat them when you're away, when you're resting, and when you're working. Tie them on the arms 
and, and wear them on your foreheads as a reminder. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen to me, what's this saying? The word of God should be central to your home. God's word, the Bible. Listen to me today, and we've said this in this series, but is God's written whisper to you. I think oftentimes as adults and as kids, we're looking for a whisper from God. What's God saying to this? He's already said it. He's already given the advice. He's already given the direction. You don't need a whisper. You just need the word. Okay? And I'll be honest, in the world we live in today, in the busy, distraction-filled world we live in, it's difficult as parents, uh, as adults, not, not even just in our own self, but it's difficult to teach our kids the value of God's word because there's so many things competing for our attention. But listen to me, mom and dad, this is, this is one point that's directly for you. It's up to you to teach your children the value of God's word. It's not my job to teach your kids the value of God's word. It's not, it's not your kid's pastor's job to teach your children the value of God's word. Listen, we're going to help you, but it's your job as a parent, to teach your kids the value of God's word. Listen, James 1.25 says this. I love this verse. But if you look closely into the perfect law, what is this talking about? God's law, God's word. It sets people free. And if you keep on paying attention to it, and if you do not simply listen and then forget it, but if you put it into, there's so much in this verse, James 1.25. But if you put it into practice, listen, you will be blessed by God in what you do. I don't know about you, but this promise, this verse sounds pretty amazing to me. If I read God's word, it sets me free and it blesses me. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty solid promise. So teach your kids the value of God's word. Why? Because it sets them free and it blesses them. I don't know any, kid, any parent that doesn't want their kid to walk in freedom. Who doesn't want their kids to be blessed. According to a Barna research, less than, 90, less than 50% of people open up their Bible in a given week. We have to reverse that trend. If we're going to get our kids to hear God's voice, we have to make God's word a priority in our homes. Let me give you three quick practical ways to do that, and then I want to ask Mariah a question. If you're as a parent, you have to model it. You can't tell your kids to read the Bible if you're not reading the Bible. Model it. Number two, make reading the Bible practical for your kids. What do I mean by that? Give them a version they can understand. Don't say read the Bible and put the King James in front of them. And there's like, what's Shakespeare meaning here? You know, put something they can understand. But make it also, but make it not only make it practical, but make it non-negotiable. Hey, you are going to read your Bible five minutes a day, whatever it is. Not only do we want, not only in our family do we kind of like to read it, but we want to read it. We want to journal it. What do I mean by journal? I want to write down what God's speaking to me. I want to meditate on what God's speaking to me. And then I want to memorize some verses. So just some practical ways. So Mariah, come on up here. You're my first one. This is my beautiful daughter and uh, very, very proud of her. Um, but what has the Bible meant to you? How has it shaped you as a kid to hear God's voice? Um, now that you're adult, how has the Bible impacted how you hear God's voice? And what would you say, because you've taught kids, what would you say to parents that have kids concerning the Bible? So. We turn it on. Yeah, it's on. I can make sure. All right, it's on. I remember. There we there go. We go. <laughs> I remember growing up, like you talked about, reading the Bible every single night. We would sit around the kitchen table, and we would have family devotion time in the car on the way to school. I remember in elementary school, we had note cards with memory verses that I would learn every single week. It would be one verse for a week, and I would have that verse, and I would try to memorize it, 
And right now, I probably couldn't, like, just quote a bunch of Bible verses off the top of my head. But in times of trouble, I go back to those verses. I'll be overwhelmed with a big decision to make concerning college. And I remember learning Jeremiah 29.11 in the car that God knows the plans he has for me and his plans are good. And that brings peace in those moments. And then when you're teaching kids, um, when you're reading the Bible with them, I would have my parents or my teachers in kids' class ask them questions about the Bible. What does this story mean? What is God trying to tell you in this story? And your kids learn how to apply that to their lives. And the more time you spend in the word, like we've talked about in this series, when you read the Bible, you're hearing the voice of God. So the more time you spend in the word, the easier it becomes to discern God's voice. So because I grew up hearing these Bible stories and learning these memory verses, now whenever I have a big decision to make, it's easier and easier to discern God's voice because I grew up hearing that. And I just learned the verses, and I can still remember that to God I'm more precious than rubies. And in John 10, it says that his sheep recognize his voice. So because I read the Bible, and now that I'm older, I study it, and it just comes back to me. And the Bible just makes a difference when you're making those big decisions. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nikki. Thank you. I'll ask Nikki a question here in just a moment. But before we do, let me just speak. The fourth one is this. Teach your kids to seek wise biblical counsel. Teach your kids to seek wise biblical counsel. How many know that there are other voices out there competing for our attention? Right? There's other voices out there that are competing for our attention. Not just as kids, but as adults. We have people that are competing for our attention. So we as adults, it's our responsibility, I believe, to teach our children when making decisions to seek wise biblical counsel. When they're debating, Mariah just mentioned it, when they're debating, what college do I go to? Well, they probably should get some wise counsel rather than just, well, if we let them go in their own direction, hey, I think this is right, maybe they went in the wrong direction. Whether they're, who they're dating. Listen, parents, if you're not figuring out who your kids are dating, you're messing up. If you don't know their, that kid's value system or their parents' value system, and you're just allowing your children to date whoever they want to date, I think it's going to impact how they hear from God. But you need to teach your kids to get some wise biblical counsel. Who could that wise counsel be? It could be a pastor. Number one, it needs to be you as a parent. But it could be a pastor, it could be a teacher, it could be a friend. But the biggest thing is you need to make sure when your kids are getting wise biblical counsel or when they're making decisions, they're getting wise biblical counsel. You need to make sure, hey, who is that? So I have a question for, I have a question for Nikki. How important is it to you, Tasha and I, these are Jason and Nikki Finley, great friends of Tasha and I. Jason's on our management team here at the church, and we've watched them. We've had conversations with them about raising their kids. How important is it to you and Jason that your kids seek wise biblical counsel? But not only that, what have you and Jason done as, a, as parents to make sure your three kids are kind of getting wise counsel? Well, I grew up in, yep. I grew up in church, but... Um, 16 years ago when um, Landon, our oldest, was born, I had something in me that, or Jason and I both, that we just knew we had to seek God more for him. Therefore, we wanted him to be in church, know God. Um, Through that, us seeking God for him more, we had a huge spiritual, spiritual growth in our own lives. And from that, I just know that was God preparing us. Because number one, we are the first voice in Landon and Ryland and Reese's lives. And you know, through that, um, just seeking God, there's something in the mind and in the heart that he does to us that it's just contagious and it changes you. So 
so doing that, you know, with us being the main voice, I have to be seeking God myself through his word. I have to be studying yeah. scriptures. Yeah. If I don't study scriptures, I don't know what God's truths are. I don't know what the enemy's lies are. Yeah. And so speaking that to my kids, um, we don't want everything that we speak just to be our opinions or just the ways of the world because, you know, it's going crazy now. And we want it to be God-breathed, whatever we say, because I truly believe God's word is um, the map for life. Um, some of the other things we do, like you said, you spoke about friends. Who they surround themselves with is so important. I feel like we have to um, encourage and foster friendships. If you yeah. know families that are good, um, invite those families and get to know them. Yeah. Because those kids are going to speak life into my children. They're going to lift them up. They're going to learn from them. They learn from friends just as they learn from me or from you and Tasha coming into our home. Coming into our home, we're telling our kids, this is who we trust. Listen to them. Yeah. Listen to, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to music because that speaks to me on a daily basis. So just those things invited into my own home. Yeah. I feel like that's God's truth speaking into them. And with that, you know, Jason and I, we really have a good relationship, I think, with our kids where we try to model um, grace and um, forgiveness because when they do mess up, I mean, they're not perfect. We want them to know that we're going to forgive them, and they can always come back to us for wise counsel, yeah. no matter what. That's great. So just, you know, those are some things that yeah. we try to do. And Landon, at 16, he still comes up and talks to me and asks yeah. me things that I never did when I was a teenager yeah. because um, I think we just have those open doors of understanding that we've been there before. Yeah. That's great. So. That's great. I love it. I love it. Just how you talked about having an open door where you have conversations, but also you kind of foster relationships. Yeah. You foster those. You, what you're doing as parents is you're pointing the kids in the right direction. Hey, I, want, I value this family. I think they have strong moral ethics or boundaries. I'm going to bring those people into my life so they can help shape my kids. You know, And a big key, and you guys attend and are faithful um, being in church. And so thank you very much for sharing with us today. Next one, I'll get, to, I'll get to Dolph in just a second. But number five, you have to teach your kids to pray and then listen to God's voice. I'd be wrong if I talked about hearing God's voice and I didn't talk about prayer. But I think a lot of us pray. A lot of us, we talk. I don't know. I wouldn't know if we'd talk to Jesus, but rather we, may, we maybe talk at him. I think we call it prayer when we rattle off our list of requests. And we walk away from that prayer and waiting for our, our magic genie to appear from the bottle and give us what we ask for. I don't know that I would call that prayer. I think we need to teach our kids to pray. Teach our kids to, yes, present their request to God. That's biblical. But we have to teach our kids to listen when we pray. And I ordered a book. Um, I get no, no profit from this book um, in any single way, shape, or form. I don't know who the author is. But this book is by Brad Jersak, and it's called Children, Can You Hear Me? And uh, I got it, a lot of it just for this series. Just wanted to read through some things. He's, it's a kid's book for adults. It's interesting. Um, I think adults could read it, but, I think, but it's for parents to read to their kids. It's like <clears throat> you could read it all at once. Or you could read devotionals. But this one here, I'm going to read you guys a devotional from this book. 
because I, I think it's so good. But it says, children, can you hear me? Of course you can. Just call on me and I will answer you. Some call me God, some call me Lord, some call me Jesus. What do you call me? You can call on me by praying. Praying is talking to me. Just like you talk to your friends. When you talk to me, I hear you, I answer you. I come to you and I show myself to you. It's kind of like show and tell. And there's different stories here with each one backed by a verse. where it's, this, this book is really about teaching your kids to pray and to listen. Mom and dads, I want to encourage you, but not even parents. We've got to pray. We've got to listen. Here's the deal. Here's the question before I, ask, before I interview Dolph. When God speaks, can you guarantee that your kids will know his voice? When God speaks, do you know his voice? When God, when God loves, do you know that it's God loving on you? When God comes and encourages you, do you know that it's God encouraging you? When he, when he speaks, do you know that? My kids know my voice. They know Tasha's voice. Why? Because we're near them. Well, to know God's voice, you've got to be near him. So I have a question for you, for Dolph. Dolph, if you'll join me. You guys have raised three kids, three adult kids. Um, I've been a part of, I've, I've married two of your kids. Um, and they all are successful and have great families now themselves. And I know that you and Jody value prayer. You guys are a family of prayer. Um, you've prayed for my family. You've prayed for me. But why do you think it's important for kids not only to pray, but most importantly, why do you think it's important that we listen when we pray? Good morning. Um, you know, when you text me and asked me to, I thought we were going to be out of town. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I haven't had an influential child around for about 20 years besides grandkids and but then I started really kind of going back on what we some of the practices we had in our life and one of the things that we did was we showed our children the heroes of the Bible so they could see by listening to God's voice and following his voice how they were successful in in their life the other thing that we did is every night we would tuck our kids in and we would pray with them and we would pray that they would hear God's voice. Yeah. They, we would pray that, that they would recognize his voice. And then we would also, when they got older in life, we would, uh, we would ask God to bring important things into their life. For them to understand what he's calling them to do. For them to, un to, to know who they're supposed to marry. I think it's super important that every parent does that. Yeah. That they pray over their children at an early, I'm not talking, you know, when they got to 10, 11, 12 is when we started doing that. And we did this every night. And I mean, I, it's, it is a sacrifice. You're sitting there and, you know, you got to get up and tuck them in and put them to bed. And, you know, we did that until they were, they were teenagers. And then the other thing is probably the most important thing. And Pastor Chad brought it up, uh, is, is actually modeling or showing it. So Jody and I would talk about, hey, you know, let's give this to the Lord. Let's, let's pray yeah. about this. And then we would also share when we heard, when we did something about that, or when we heard from God and we, yeah. led, we were led by the Holy Spirit to do, do certain things, we shared that with our children. And just a, a real quick, uh, my daughter, um, and, and Chad's right, we were blessed. We're a blessed family. We have 10 grandkids and 
gorgeous family, and, and it's, it's not really because of our perfect parenting. It's because those principles do work. His word is true. But my daughter was, was in, uh, she was my assistant for about two years and worked in our business. I'm in business with two of my boys, and, but my daughter was part of it at, at a, when she was going through college and everything. And, um, you know, she was praying about something. It was something pretty serious. Um, and God spoke to her and said, hey, the Lord has told me that if I want to be a mother, I can be a mother. If I want to be a career person, I can be a career person. But I can't be both. And, you know, she was leaving me yeah. as in my business. But yeah. it made me so proud that she had learned how to listen and how to hear God's yeah. voice. Yeah, that's good. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Dolph, for sharing that. I really like what Dolph said there about when he would look at our kids and say, hey, let's take this to Jesus. Let's take this. Let's, let's don't just make a decision. Let's take this to the Lord. I know our worship team was going to come back up. You guys can stay down. I took a little longer today with this, but Jay's going to play over us, but the rest of you can stay down. But I want to give you kind of some practical ways that you can pray. As a parent, you need to make sure you're having your own prayer time, as Dolph said. If you want your kids to pray, you have to model it, right? You need to pray. But also as a parent, you need to pray with your kids every day. One thing Tasha and I do is we, we do, we tuck our kids in, we pray over them at night. But not only that, we pray when we're taking them to school, we pray over every kid before they go to school. We pray that they'd be good examples. We pray that they would hear God's voice. We pray that God would whisper to them. Makai was telling me a couple weeks ago that God whispered something to him at school. You know, we'd kind of prayed that one day, and he, he, was, he was leading a devotion that day. He said, God told me to kind of look at this scripture, and I did, and it's right where I was supposed to be. You know, we pray for them. Don't just, don't just pray quick prayers, but pray with your kids, but then challenge your kids. Hey, not only do I want you getting in God's word, but I want you spending some time on your own praying and talking to the Lord. It doesn't have to be a long time. Just get with him for four or five minutes. Who knows? As it grows, you might spend 10 minutes with him. You might spend 15 minutes with him. But I just want to encourage you. If we want to teach our kids to hear God's voice, number one, we've got to lead them to Jesus. Number two, we've got to model it. We've got to and find out, what, give some wise biblical counsel. We've got to make sure they're valuing God's word. We've got to make sure they're in prayer. All right, let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.